Hello, Hi Rock. Welcome to our daily devotional. We're continuing with our walk through the Gospel of Luke, and today we are in chapter 6, verses 1 through 11, where we're going to see yet another encounter between Jesus and his opponents. So Luke chapter 6, 1 through 11, where we read this. One Sabbath day, as Jesus was walking through some grain fields, his disciples broke off heads of grain, rubbed off the husks in their hands, and ate the grain. But some Pharisees said, Why are you breaking the law by harvesting grain on the Sabbath? Jesus replied, Haven't you read in the scriptures what David did when he and his companions were hungry? He went into the house of God and broke the law by eating the sacred loaves of bread that only the priests can eat. He also gave some to his companions. And Jesus added, The Son of Man is Lord, even over the Sabbath. On another Sabbath day, a man with a deformed right hand was in the synagogue while Jesus was teaching. The teachers of religious law and the Pharisees watched Jesus closely. If he healed the man's hand, they planned to accuse him of working on the Sabbath. But Jesus knew their thoughts. He said to the man with the deformed hand, Come and stand in front of everyone. So the man came forward. Then Jesus said to his critics, I have a question for you. Does the law permit good deeds on the Sabbath, or is it a day for doing evil? Is this a day to save life or to destroy it? He looked around at them one by one and then said to the man, Hold out your hand. So the man held out his hand and it was restored. At this, the enemies of Jesus were wild with rage and began to discuss what to do with him. And this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Jesus is masterful here at pointing out the hypocrisy of the accusation against him. Uh, He's attempting to heal someone, uh, which is quote unquote work. At the same time, they're planning to do ill to someone that is Jesus. They're trying to trap him. They have so little mercy for this man with a withered hand and so much hatred for Jesus. And it's a natural question, like, why do they hate him so much? Uh, And I want to get to that. But just before that, I was just thinking about this as I was uh, reading this today and and I was trying to come up with an example and and uh, to help myself and maybe others understand it. And I was thinking about imagining being at a party where uh, maybe a birthday party, you're at a friend's house and the friend, you know, who's the host says, hey, um, you're free to use, you know, to all the guests, you're free to use any of the bathrooms on the first floor, but but don't go up to the bathroom on the second floor. So that's that's the rule. Pretty clear, right? But then you see the host go upstairs and use the bathroom on the second floor. Well, then the host just broke the rule, didn't he? Well, not really. I mean, it's kind of implicit that the host is setting rules for the guests and the host is not bound by those same rules in using his own home. And Jesus brings up the same point here. The Sabbath, you know, Jesus is claiming to be the Lord of the Sabbath. So it's not breaking a rule um, because it's it's his home. It's his house. It's his world uh, for which uh, for him to set the rules. But in any case, it was still just a rule that the Pharisees had made. Yes, you're not supposed to work on the Sabbath. This was an important law in Israel's history. Uh, they had very often broken it, had caused uh, great consequences. And But you have to remember the purpose of the law. God gave them this Sabbath day rest. They were a, a people who were slaves that had to work all the time. And now God was delivering them from slavery to be free people and was giving them a day of rest so that they could actually enjoy the fruits of their labors rather than just giving away their labor to someone else or just being a machine working in the fields. And so this is part of them being a free people redeemed by God. And in that case, if the real focus of it is to celebrate your freedom, then then which really is more fitting with the Sabbath to 
you know, do a little work by rubbing some grains in your hand in order to, to eat some grain. I mean, that to call that harvesting is kind of a stretch. Uh, but yeah, maybe technically if you're like rigidly literalistic, but at the same time, isn't it more a violation of the Sabbath to, uh, you know, to, uh, of your freedom, celebrating your freedom in Christ, or freedom in God, uh, to, to go starving in, instead when you could just reach out uh, and, and, and glean the edges of the field as, as provided by in the law. But again, they're moved to murderous rage, and this reaction just seems like such an overreaction. Why are they feeling this way? And uh, one of the things I think that's helpful to realize here is that the Pharisees were of the people. Unlike the priests, who were kind of like the elites, the Pharisees were, you know, business leaders, community leaders. They were working class people who were trying to preserve the identity of Israel as a nation, as a people of God. And one of, you know, kind of the boundaries that helped them not become like everyone else who became like the Greeks or the Romans was, uh, well, it was Sabbath keeping, it was their dietary laws, and it was circumcision. Those were kind of like the three markers. Any one of them would admit it, that those aren't the center of, of God's law for the people, but yet because they were the boundary markers between them and the rest of the world, they became really, really important. And, and Sabbath here is, is, is what's at stake and, and why they're pushing so hard against Jesus. And here Jesus seems to be uh, not only contradicting them, but, but usurping their place you know, in their minds. Like Jesus is becoming the person of the people and they're continually finding themselves on the outs. And so what they're really uh, getting angry about, and, and this is a great question, I think, for all of us. Like when I get angry about something related to God, am I really angry for God's sake or am I really angry for, for my sake? You know, like I think about when I was first a believer and I would get into discussions, you know, discussions that were arguments and I would take it so personally and I'd had to, you know, realize over time that it was so much of my immaturity that I was finding, you know, my own honor at stake in these arguments rather than God's honor. And if, if it was really concerned for God, then I think my reaction would have been more one of compassion for people who, who had trouble seeing the truth rather than the anger that I felt, which was really them not seeing me as the presenter of the truth. And so mm -hmm. I think the Pharisees are in a similar position where they're taking this very, very personally, but perhaps cannot see it because precisely because they had been because they had been so much of the people, the heroes of the people, and Jesus is taking that role. Um, I think John the Baptist is a great example of this when he says, you know, I must become less and he must become greater. That has to be our attitude when we see Jesus leading people in a direction that we don't expect and uh, maybe drawing attention away from us, which is where it never uh, belonged in the first place. Dave, I'm wondering what you see in uh, today's passage. So, uh, you know, I think I see the, the whole point of God's law. Yeah, you know, if we get this, uh, it's in Deuteronomy where, you know, he's um, telling people, you know, why am I giving this law to you at all except for your own good, right? And so he's, that the law, we think so often, we have this kind of almost adolescent view where we feel like any rules are restrictive. And rather than kind of rules being protective. And, uh, you know, I had a, I had the, just one of those like dream interactions for a parent recently. Um, two of my sons in their mid twenties were coming over, uh, to have dinner. And they told me when they got there, when they arrived that on the way over, uh, they had been talking about the fact uh, that one of them in particular had been pretty resistant to kind of some of my guidance when he was in high school thought, ah, oh, you know, this guy, he doesn't understand me. He's, you know, da, 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 old fashioned, all this kind of stuff. And, uh, 
But now, kind of a number of years later, he's looking back and going, wow, you know, and, and, and now he's like so eager to actually ask me a bunch of questions. And he was, he told me, and this is like, again, as a parent, you get these moments like once a decade. So I had to savor it. If, uh, if ever, if ever, if ever, <laughs> if ever. But, uh, but he said, he said, I was so bummed out because I realized, gosh, I wish I had listened to so much more of what, you know, what you'd had to say back when I was in high school, because that could have just saved me so much pain and so many mistakes. You know, I just, I feel like I, I, I squandered the access to the, to this, the, the kind of the, the instructions from you when, when I was living at home. And uh, of course, I was just like, I'm just going to sit here quietly and listen to this and just try to, try to like lock this in my brain. But anyway, um, I, I, I think that so many of us have that same uh, approach to God, our Heavenly Father, who just wants us to flourish. That to me is the background understanding. What is the point of the law? God wants us to flourish. God is, it's for our good. And yet somehow, and this it goes right back to Genesis 3, right? Where, where Adam and Eve get kind of tricked by the devil into questioning God's motives for his instructions. Thinking, hmm, maybe God is trying to hold back something good for us, right? God, God's, this is actually for God's good, not for ours. And man, I just, that spirit, that Genesis 3 spirit is with us so much today, right? Every day has always been with us since then. And, and I think even as we as, as Christians so often think, uh, I got to do what God says about my pride or my selfishness or my sexuality or my relationships. Oh, baby, God is so just this sacrifice I have to make because God made a sacrifice for me. I think, no, this is a complete distortion of the relationship that God wants to have with us. God has made a sacrifice for us because God loves us so much. And God gave us instructions because God loves us so much. That God wants good things for us. And I think the Sabbath is one of those things that the point of the Sabbath it is not another rule I have to obey. It's another way that God is actually giving care because God knows us better than we know ourselves. God says, I want you to flourish. And I'm going to give you instruction about how to do that. And it's going to be the Sabbath. But, you know, there's going to be times when, you know, any rule, it has to be understood properly in its context. Uh, and so when these guys are hungry and they're walking along picking grain and then to think, oh, that's doing work, I'm having a snack. I don't know. I, for me, if I'm going to go get some chips right in the in the, 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 uh, the cupboard, I don't really think of that as work, uh, right? That's probably the opposite of work. And so, but the, the whole point was God's trying to help these people flourish. And the Pharisees have now made what was this gift into this oppressive structure. But then this other Sabbath day, right? There's a, a, a man with a, a deformed hand. And here again, what's the point of the Sabbath? It's to cause human flourishing. It's to protect life. It's to, to give life to the full. And God knows our tendency to make ourselves into slaves again, right? To, you know, Just like the Israelites you know, being put into bondage, we too often are complicit with our own bondage. Right? We put ourselves into bondage, and it's 
you know, we accept all of these systems. I need to work. I need to work. I need to have, I need to have, I need to purchase. I need to purchase. And we end up making ourselves slaves and God gives us a commandment to protect ourselves from our own adolescent foolishness. So no, you can't work on the Sabbath. You've got to stop. You've got to rest. You've got to be a human, not just a worker, not just a machine. And God gives us this, but here's this man who, who's being, you know, restricted. He's got this, this disability. And now God is, it, Jesus is here and saying, hey, you know what is a perfect day? Right? Any day would be a perfect day to, to heal. You know, it's an especially perfect day. is a Sabbath, that day we're celebrating human flourishing. But what the, the Pharisees were hearing is, no, 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 this is a day to obey a rule. It's a day that restricts life rather than protects it. And, and so anyway, I think that that's the, that gap that we're seeing the, between the way that Jesus understood the real meaning of the law versus the way the Pharisees, who took the law so seriously, and they knew all the details, but they misunderstand the entire purpose of it. Yeah, in my mind, I think about um, traffic laws, like they are laws that bring freedom. Like I, as much as we might not like particular traffic laws, if there were no traffic laws, I wouldn't drive. I wouldn't That's be right. out on the roads, especially in the Boston area. Uh, and so it is a, it is a law that that brings freedom. But uh, the Pharisees, what they're doing uh, is the equivalent here of someone who is, I don't know, breaking the speed limit in, in, in their minds and they want to execute him. Like it's, it's the overreaction is just so far out of proportion. You know, it, it, there's a saying that you, if you ask five rabbis a question, you'll get five different opinions and an argument, right? That that's normal. And yet here, their difference of opinion, the reaction is so strong. I think it's, it's because they're taking it so personally because they're no longer seen uh, as being favored by the people and maybe even being favored by God. And, and out of jealousy, they're ready to attack. Uh, exactly right. That's for sure. Well, John, we've gone over time as we do. Will you do it to close us in prayer? Yes, let's pray. Our good and gracious God, through your spirit, help us to understand the path of life that Jesus wants to take us down. Lord, help us to, to find the love and freedom that are in your grasp. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, friends, I pray that you would find fullness of life as we're going through this Gospel of Luke together. I pray that this really will be is an invitation into fuller life and that we'll find it in the instructions of Jesus and in the example of Jesus and in the love of Jesus. So glad you're on this journey with us. We look forward to seeing you on Monday as we pick it up again.